Welcome to the California Wireless Association podcast. We are proud to say that Kawa has been advancing the wireless industry, helping businesses grow, fostering connections between people, and impacting lives through the charities we support for over 10 years. We'll be coming to you bi-weekly with new topics, education, and lively discussions. Let's dive right into today's topic. Please welcome your host, John Coombs. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the California Wireless Association podcast. I'm your host, John Coos. I'm a senior vice president at Butler America Telecom and a Calwa board member. Calwa is coming up upon its 15th anniversary, and I was fortunate enough to be at the kickoff 15 years ago at the Islands Hotel in Newport Beach. Like everything else, that seems like yesterday. So um, time flies. So... We're going to celebrate this uh, 15th anniversary on our normal uh, Kawa holiday party, which is on December 6th at the Huntington Club in Huntington Beach. So look out for email blasts on this and reserve your tickets early. It's always a fun time. So my guest today is Jennifer Smith of Solar Communications, Inc., better known as SCI. Welcome to the podcast, Jennifer. Thank you for having me. I look forward to seeing you at the holiday party as well. Oh, cool. So let's get down to business here. Um, I always ask my guests their wireless origin story. But before we do that, let's go over your bio just a little bit. You've been at SCI nearly 23 years and recently have been promoted to president. Uh, That's astounding in this business or any other business. 23 years forever. You obtained a bachelor's degree at Chico State University and have a master's of science from Southern Illinois University, both in mathematics. I have a nephew who's um, getting his uh, math degree at Berkeley. And boy, I know it's not easy. So uh, congratulations to you on, on mathematics. So let's talk about SCI. Tell us about the origins, the founders, and also the name. Um, how did SCI, what, what is SCI? What do you, how do you, what's your elevator pitch on SCI? Um, well, SCI designs, develops, and manufactures concealment solutions for telecom wireless industry. Um, they got started about 25 years ago soon, you know, just before I started. Um, and, Robert actually, one of the founders recently passed um, in October unexpectedly. Um, He had been in the wireless industry almost 30 years. He started out doing um, site acquisition at Pac Bell in the 90s. And then he met Roger Smith there and they formed um, SCI together. Um, They started out doing a little bit of solar for telecom sites, which is where the name came from, the solar communications. Um, and then moved into construction and then got more into concealment and really liked the concealment um, portion of the industry. That's how right. Well, you know, while we, you and I were coordinating to do this podcast um, and we only met a couple of weeks ago in, in, in this process of, of getting to today where we can chat, um, 
Robert passed away, and um, you told me that in the in, in the interim time towards this. And I remember, you know, it's funny. Um, you know, we've been in this industry a long time. That comes up a lot on the show. Some people call us dinosaurs, whatever. But I, I fondly remember uh, communicating back and forth with Robert when I was a Robert Renfro, just to, so we're specific here. Uh, I would, you know, I was a young zoning manager uh, trying to get innovative designs approved at very hard jurisdictions. I would interface with Robert um, quite frequently back in the day. So um, I'm very sorry uh, about your loss and the loss to SCI. So, um, I didn't know about the solar piece. Um, that's interesting. You know what, you know, what's in the name it's, I think everybody kind of just calls, uh, you guys SCI though, pretty much these days, right? Yes. Yeah. We're, yeah. We go by SCI in the industry. So, right. Okay. So, Robert so was a big innovator of concealment solutions and blending them into the community. And, you know, he was good with coming up with unique designs to fit into the characteristics of the community. And so no, uh, loss for the no, you guys really set the standard uh, back then. Um, you know, when I, uh, I started in the industry in 99 as a zoning manager and um, I remember, you know, getting the, the SCI catalog <laughs> of all these, you know, great sites that had already been built, which were ideas for, you know, uh, maybe what I could do um, in a really tough jurisdiction where the demands were really high and maybe it was a high visibility property in a sensitive part of town. And, you know, but, you know, uh, not all, not all sites um, are applicable, you know, not all designs are applicable to all sites. So when you say, see a site in a catalog, that was for a specific location. So, you know, let me, let me ask you this about, you know, are all are, traditionally are most of the sites uh, custom or they're sort of off the shelf designs that have been used over and over again? For the most part, they're custom. Um, some are off the shelf, you know, like a standard pine tree, um, a eucalyptus now is pretty off the shelf, um, just changes depending on loading and stuff like that. But um yeah, they're, they're mostly custom design. Definitely all the screening and um, the different towers the cities choose um, can be pretty custom designs. Right, yeah. right. And so, you know, um, and there's also something funny about the catalog, at least I remember um, back in the day. I, um, I'd go to jurisdictions once in a while and they would have the catalog, like they would have it. I'm not sure where they got it from. Maybe it was a previous um, zoning guy like myself, um, or or maybe they, I don't know, maybe they ordered it off your website or whatever. But in a weird way, um, it was a challenge because uh, the the carriers, my clients at the time, thought that in all cases I was pushing uh, maybe a, a really expensive design because, um, you know, I guess, you know, try to make the process easier for myself or anything like that. But, you know, typically I always try to do best by my client no matter what and always be cost conscious about the construction cost. But it was it was challenging, actually, when a city said, we want you to do this. 
and it was in the catalog. <laughs> so I'm not sure if you guys were smart enough, you don't have to comment, to send it out to cities yourselves. <laughs> but um, that would have been a that would have been a good that would have been a good business tactic. <laughs> right. We were always trying to serve the carriers as well since they're our clients. But I think um, I think the carriers did have a little more pushback against it before, but now it's more widely accepted that, you know, it's a necessity now to have these cell sites and to get them approved and get them passed. And I think the concealment really helps them get through, you know, the zoning with the cities and makes the landlords happy. And um, so I think it's been the way to go now. Yeah, so, for sure. It, it and no worries in that mid mid nineties era of you know cities were creating new codes and the there's all of a sudden three or four carriers coming along you know Nextel came along etc you know the cities I think they were feeling inundated with these applications and the monopoles were just starting to you know multiply and I think it was really probably very smart of of, of your founders to see that a, a solution needed to be had because it was happening, you know, and cities were becoming increasingly demanding about how these things look versus maybe just a few years earlier where they were just those old flower top sort of monopoles. Um, and you guys were at the forefront of concealment. So, you know, you know, things have changed, though. The industry's changed a lot. I mean, we've gone through recent rounds of modifications. There has been less, by volume, new sites than there um, maybe was back in the, those those 2G kind of days, those 3G kind of days. Um, have you, have you, have you been there so long? I mean, how have you seen um, the industry change um, and how has it affected uh SCI as part of the, you know, this last 20 years? Um, I definitely think there's, there's been a lot of changes in the industry and yes, we've been working on a lot of inbuilding and combining sites like with the T-Mobile and Sprint merger. Um, we have been, you know, we've always tried to stay up um, on and adapt to the different carrier needs. Um, we have a great team of experienced people who, um, are very good at thinking outside the box and coming up with new creative designs that are always needed. Um, we've been developing panels um, that have better RF transparency for a larger range of frequencies with the new 5G requirements and the new dish requirements coming online. As far as um, the trees, you know, staying up on the, um, the panel antennas have just been getting bigger and bigger instead of smaller, like you would think with technology developments. Mm -hmm. So um, that also comes into play with the uke um, has a better, you know, canopy for concealment at the, you know, at the top where like a monopine with its a frame doesn't hide the antennas as well. And now with the larger antennas and more separation, it's, it's been challenging to conceal them on um, tree pole sites. So. Let, let, let me, I want to ask you more about the mono eucalyptus in a moment, but it, it did make, it did trigger a question I had, you know, so back, back when the mono pines and the uh, mono palms came out, you know, they were a game changer. And then um, 
you know, the cities or communities, whatever, they started, you know, nitpicking at whether the the branch count or the pine needle count or the fronds count was significant enough. And then we started getting into situations where approvals themselves at cities were literally calling out numbers of and whatnot and and then accounting also maybe in the future for fading of the colors uh the green turning kind of a a blue green or whatever as you guys have you know experienced all this and being at the forefront um can you talk a little bit about material changes or uh, things you guys have had to do to adjust to maybe getting more longevity out of the um of the aesthetics of the original build. Yeah, we've worked on um, some UV spray to try to protect the foliage um, for the pine trees. Cause you know, the fading from the green to blue has been an issue. Um, I mean, it is a, a plastic material that it needs to be, and it's out in the sun. So mm. it's very hard to resolve that completely. Um, but we've, um, used a UV spray, which seems to help with the longevity. And we've been fiberglass wrapping the branches to help them, um, you know, maintain their shape and stay on the pole, obviously. Um, so yeah, we've made some design changes to help, um, with the, with the appearance and the longevity of the trees. Right, right. So, I, you know, and and you mentioned the uke, which is, I guess, short for mono eucalyptus. Um, we, uh, those are, I think that was a real game changer. Um, you know, the cities um, in particular, you know, they were kind of used to the palm trees and the pine trees, um, the palm trees weren't conducive to co-location per se and the you know for obvious reasons be, you know because it's kind of odd to have a array of antennas halfway up a trunk or or something like that or or the pine, <laughs> yeah or the pine trees might not be situated in a place where any other pine trees existed or whatever to to add another uh option and one so innovative as the eucalyptus, which is very common in, in Southern California in the natural environment or in the, you know, as part of landscaping over the years in Southern California, um, you know, maybe you could talk a bit about who had that great idea or how that developed and the complexity of routing the chemical, uh, the um, chemicals, the, <laughs> the cables to the sectors and, you know, how you got, how you guys worked all the, that out. Right. Well, um, Robert and Roger saw that too as a, a good utility in Southern California, another application because eucalyptus trees are so prolific down here. And um, with the tripole design, it does, um, you know, lend itself naturally to the trisector antennas. You know, we have the three poles coming into one trunk and, um, where you can also route coax up the poles and they have handholds and everything to um, exit ports, you know, for the coax to come out. Um, and it has much better um, concealment of the antennas too, because it has the wider 
array at the top as opposed to a monopine. So uh, it works out much better for concealment design, especially in Southern California and um, where ukes are very common down here. So, right. And so were the, were the initial ones um, designed to be co-locatable or did that come later? Um, initially they were usually designed for one carrier, but now it's much more common to have now that carriers are, um, willing to co-locate on their poles <laughs> more and cities are requiring it more. Now it's much more common to have them co-locatable, even up to four carriers we've done. Um, so yes, now it's much more common, but originally they were designed for one, maybe two carriers in the beginning. Right. And, you know, um, my, when I, when I talk to people about, um, whether it's people at a holiday party about what I do for a living, and I'm still surprised that people don't know that there's antennas everywhere. Sometimes, you know, it's been so long, you know, um, that we've had all these trees and clock towers and all this stuff. And oftentimes, because I live in, in fact, my office is in Fullerton and uh, I live in North Orange County. Um, I usually kind of point people to certain locations and say, well, do you ever drive by here? Do you ever drive by there? Well, then look behind this building and you'll see this. And the one on the Monoyuke front that I always point to is this one on, on the northbound side of the 57 freeway at, I believe it's um, Nutwood, uh, right across from Cal State Fullerton. And what is so cool about it from a a concealment standpoint is that it's a monoyuke that might be 40 feet off the the freeway on ramp and it's probably 60 feet tall but it stands right there on its own and there's no other live things around it to to speak of no grove effect and it you just unless you're looking for it you can't you don't know it's there and i guess that's the whole point right right the whole point yeah. is you can't see them or we haven't done our job. <laughs> they're, <laughs> you know, they're made to blend in. All of our concealment <laughs> solutions should be blending in. So we um, you, yeah, yeah. That's the goal. Right. And, um, okay. and you touched on, um, and I'm on, I was unfamiliar with this until you mentioned it about 10 minutes ago, um, what you guys are doing, on the in-building side, maybe you can go into to, to that because that's that's news to me. Um, well, we've just done a lot of um, you know screening in the like the small cell and screening in the cities more than just the big like you were saying the big structures. Um, you know, more of the rooftop screening and um, you know uh, modifications to sites with um, the upgrades to the antennas and um, the combining of the carriers and, you know, um, a lot of modifications with increasing the radomes on small light poles. And, you know, they're doing a lot of radome expansions for the new larger antennas Mm -hmm. that are required. So we're doing a lot of that right now. All right. Fair enough. Cool. Well, I do, um, you know, you know, as a, as a, as a services company, uh, that we do a lot of, um, you know, zoning work, and I feel like we're moving into a new capacity phase where I think the carriers kind of uh, 
have optimized their network, their existing facilities with 5G upgrades. And now they're finding maybe because 5G doesn't propagate as far that they now have new new coverage holes again, which right. is another. So, you know, we, we always see these phases in wireless. And um, I think we're heading into a capacity phase and a coverage phase um, that, you know, has presented itself because of the the 5g technology so i i understand there's going to be a lot of search rings that are going to be maybe released again uh, and th that's going to concealment needed <laughs> exactly a lot more concealment needing which which would be well, good for you guys for sure which is cool but i'm excited about it because i like the old school like new site work um, it's much more interesting um, in some ways, and it's kind of reminds me of my um, of my youth, I guess you could say. But uh, well, and is there anything else uh, uh, we should know about SCI before you answer that? I have to say that uh, we really appreciate at Kawa SCI's support over the years. You guys have always been in the mix of our sponsors or our you know buy, buying a foursome of a golf tournament or whatever and just a real a real partner um any closing words about sci and what we really enjoy the kawa events and sci um you know really enjoys being involved in them and being a sponsor and um, we appreciate what you guys are doing at kawa as well cool well thank you so much <laughs> okay well um thank you for being on the podcast and I look forward to seeing you at the uh, December 6th uh, Kawa holiday party, if you can make that. Yes, we plan to be there, and I hope to see you there as well. Excellent. So with that, in honor of SCI, I'm going to send us out with a classic electronic tune from the 80s, a <laughs> song called The Great Commandment by a band called Camouflage. See how I did that? <laughs> All right. Hey, thanks again, Jennifer. Everybody stay safe out there. Goodbye. Great.
Thank you for joining us. We'll see you back here in two weeks. Until then, for more information, visit calwa.org. That's www.calwa.org.